Wolf and Luke. And now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Ron Wolfley. Yeah, baby, bring it on! Luke Lipinski. The great Luke Lipinski. You're <laughs> devaluing the word great if you follow with Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Final hour of the show, live from the Auction Community Studios. And it has been a fun show today. And I'm envisioning quite a few fun shows for the next, I don't know, hopefully three and a half months. Just smiling right now. See how far we can push this. Smiling. Not skipping steps. Not skipping steps. Smiling. But smiling. You can smile all you want. Yes. Um, Interesting uh, cut here from from Jay Williams on the Keyshawn J. Will and Max show earlier today. There is no excuse anymore for Devin Booker not to rise to that Kobe Bryant-like level because with KD on the court, everything about the reads Devin Booker sees, the opportunities he's going to get, the playmaking ability he has. Last night, I think he had seven assists in that game as well. It just opens up the floor for Devin Booker. His life is easier because of Kevin Durant. That was pretty obvious (laughs) last night, wasn't it? Whoa! 37 points, and it was like, hey, Charlotte, you know Devin Booker's on the other team, right? Yeah, I think Jay Will is right. I think he's right. I, I just, when you say he's got to rise to this level of, of Kobe Bryant, <laughs> no pressure, Buck. No pressure whatsoever. I, uh, the listen, delivery was a little, I, yeah. I, I I know what Jay Will is saying, but I don't think I would say that to Devin Booker. I would say, Book, just be you. Just focus on today. Just focus on today. We talked about this earlier. That's what I would say. Focus on today and be you because that's good enough. Don't try to be Kobe. He doesn't have to try to be Kobe. That's the great thing about it. Devin Booker has all the talent he needs to be Devin Booker and be great. Don't worry about Kobe. He, look, he just he did what he's been doing his whole career. He's had 37 points a game before. Obviously, it's 70. But last night, the 37, first of all, to me, last night was just scratching the surface. And last night was 37 points where, yes, I get that it was Charlotte, but some of it was just like, we're used to seeing Devin Booker smothered every time he even tries to get a shot off. Yeah. He has to hit a fadeaway to even have a chance to score. And we saw it in the playoffs last year where if he's not scoring, they're just screwed. That's not the case anymore. That was Kevin Durant's first game as a son, and they combined for 60 points, and he was on a minutes restriction. What's your point? <laughs> we should, we honestly, we should play. Don't you think we should play a game that is Kevin or Devin, and we just have to pick who's going to be the league scorer Devin. that night? Yeah. Oh, home, that. Oh, yeah. this is so good. Not bad, huh? Are you kidding me? Every producer that is out there right now is going. It's such a simple game. Kevin or Devin. It's just quick. <laughs> Kevin or Devin. you got to give me the answer who's going to be the leading scorer that night. We should get production on that. Okay, what else could we use that for? Oh, man. For Kevin Durant. Looker for the right-hand jam. See the shots that I took. There we go. Wet like I'm booked. Um, it's time to play Kevin or Devin <laughs> on the Wolf and Luke Show. <laughs> You guys totally set me up. Oh, you. Oh, Basin that was not fair. That was a setup. No, she just threw it together in three seconds like this. That is so good. Kevin or Devin. So, look, you're not going to be here tomorrow. (laughs) So, we're doing this for the Chicago game right now, okay? Kevin or Devin, you're on the spot. Who's going to be the. Who's going to lead. they don't have to be the leading scorer of the Suns. Just who's going to score more between those two tomorrow night? Okay, let me let me think about this. Um, 
Kevin or Devin? Yes, those are the rules. I just like saying it. <laughs> Kevin or Devin. I just like the music. I'm going to go with Kevin. That's really? what I'm going to do. Right, you're going gonna with, go you're with Kevin. Yes. Okay, let's see. For my pick, uh, I'm going to go with Devin, actually. I think Devin, he still has another it. one where Kevin, Katie's kind of easing in, and then people are still so focused on him. I'll, I'll go with uh, I'll go with Devin. Okay, Kevin or Devin. All right. Rhymes uh, with seven, which happens to be the de- divine number, as we all know. I'm going to keep track of this for the rest of the season. All right, we got command and control. Where are you guys picking? I'm picking Devin. Okay, Devin. Rick? Kevin. Well, <laughs> I like it. It's kind of split right there, right? Perfect. All right, so I've got Wolf and Rick down for Kevin, and yes. uh, me and Maloney are down for Devin. There tomorrow. you go. Kevin or Devin. Oh, man, I, I love the fact you guys set me off, first of all. Um, this is going to be a fun game. Kevin or Devin? That's, uh, what if I said Devin or Kevin? Would that mess you it's up? It's a different game. Okay. You have to go over to the news <laughs> side to play that. Sorry. <laughs> that would, that doesn't work. <laughs> okay, that's good. Oh man, pot the music down. What um here's here's <laughs> Devin Booker uh, after the game last night. What it felt like playing with KD. Uh, it was a good time. Um, you know, I enjoyed it. Kev, somebody that I have high respect for, and you know, it's one of those moments that you know it doesn't really feel real. I'm gonna take it day by day, and you know, just watching him from a little bit closer. I can't say it far no more, but you know, it just brings the best out of everybody. And is he gonna start calling him Kev? We're gonna have to play Kev or Dev. No, we're not gonna do that. We're not doing Kev or Dev. Okay, Kevin or Dev. Gotta rhyme with seven as well. So, Dev, um, no, we're not gonna do that. You know what, honestly. Honestly, though, this is just listening to D Book right there, I, and I know we got more sound, and I want to hear more sound. I really do. But um, man, this is going to be so fun to watch the impact he has on everybody, not just Book, but everybody. The lasting image from that game for me last night was that moment late in the game where those two kind of walked up to each other and both just kind of like <laughs> had this it. laugh like yep this is ridiculous 1 and 0 oh. cuz it was it was it was late enough in the game where you knew the Suns were going to win and you know book he's always serious all the time right throughout the game but he walked up and just had this smile on his face and Durant's like yeah this is pretty cool this beats Brooklyn I can tell you that that's what I read into that smile yes um so that was that was pretty uh, that was that to me is the lasting image here's uh KD on Bally Sports after the game talking about Booker uh, he's just a man he's just a pure you're a basketball player, somebody that works on this game and then to translate over to the real game. So he's uh he's one of a kind, man. He came out tonight. He missed some free throws, but you know, he came out tonight and got some, some good looks up uh, and was able to lead us to this W. So uh, we try to build on this. Already taking shots. The humility right there, right? The humility and the love. The love, of course, came in the form of taking shots at him. Um, he missed some free throws, which basically translates directly into I love you, Buck. You missed some free throws right there. <laughs> That's really fun. But uh, the humility overall. Um, he led us to this victory. I'm paraphrasing what he said, but think about that. I mean, it's, it's Kevin Durant. This is he was nervous coming into this game. I don't know how many superstars would truly admit they were nervous coming into this game. Yeah, no, and that's I, I I've always respected that about KD. I obviously respect it more now that he's on the Suns too, but that that is that's a fine line to walk, right? When you are in a sport where sports all about competition, you're at the highest level, you're you're supposed to you're supposed to be the guy, right? KD can get away with not always having to talk about himself and be the guy. 
because when the time comes where he has to be the guy, he is. I mean, he'll he'll put up forty five yes. if, if he has to do that in a game. He'll do it, and, and that's what's going to be so fun about seeing this unfold here over the next few weeks and hopefully months, and then obviously the next few years. But especially this season, because it's all going to be so new. And you're right; it's not just what can Kevin Durant do; it's how are guys going to play off of him, specifically Devin Booker, because I do think that Jay Williams cut. Even though it was kind of worded like, hey, why aren't you Kobe yet? Uh, I'm assuming what he meant was like, hey, the door's open for Devin Booker to be like, not just one of the best players in the league, potentially put up like historic uh, performances. Let's put it that way going forward. Not he's already had some historic performances, but like consistently historic performances. All right. When we come back, we'll get uh, over to football. The NFLPA releasing team report cards. And maybe it's an eye-opener. We'll get you what the uh, the players around the league are saying about the Cardinals specifically next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Do they have the uh, combine up on one of the TVs in here? And I think they are describing it as lightest players at the draft. Because we're talking about Bryce Young. Yeah. He's listed at 194. Yeah. And they just flashed a graphic up there with Kyler Murray and Johnny Manziel. Boy, I'm glad the Cardinals got Kyler Murray and not Johnny Manziel. Yeah, no, I know it was right two different drafts. But, whoa, whoa, 194. That is actually a little heavy right there for Bryce Young. From what I'm told. This guy, most people think he's 178 pounds. So 194, maybe he's been bulking up for this very thing. Just eating a lot of peanut butter? Yeah, just eating. Generally eating a lot. What was Kyler Murray at the combine? I think Do you it was remember? 207, that wasn't kid. he? Yeah, well, that's what they flashed up there. I didn't know if that was... It was exactly 207. Wow. Did you not see that? <laughs> no. See, this is the thing. I, I can't remember what I had for dinner last night. But you can remember everything else. At 207. Oh, my goodness. That's why they showed it, because Kyler was 207 and Johnny Manziel was 207. <laughs> You're telling me Bryce Young is 20 pounds lighter than those guys, potentially? Well, yeah, that's what I'm telling you right now. Mm. Yep. Yeah. yeah, no, he's he is slim, man. So C.J. Stroud's going to go ahead of him. By the end of the combine, teams are going to be like, oh, I think so. yeah. They, I think you're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think you're right. C.J. Stroud will be the first quarterback taken in the draft. Uh, the NFLPA put out team report cards yesterday, and if you go to the sites, um, you know, they, they rank each team based on eight categories. Treatment of families, nutrition, weight room, strength staff, training room, training staff, locker room, and travel. Just a, a letter grade. with Okay, the NFLPA did this. This is the first year they've done it, correct? Yeah, and there's there's an explanation they wrote up. Uh, I won't read all of it, but it says one of our core jobs as a union is to improve the overall working conditions for our players, which includes the daily experience of players at the team facilities away from the lights and cameras. 1,300 of our players provided information to share with one another about their current club to not only help them make important career decisions, but also help raise standards across the league. There's a much longer explanation. I'm just reading you the first yeah. two sentences. So... You're telling me this is the the players themselves that actually voted on this and put it together. Is yeah. that, is that yes. right? Yeah. Okay. Which, before we get into the results, I will just tell you, if it wasn't the players, I would have just skipped right over it. 
I, I probably wouldn't have cared. Something like this, only the players know. You know what I mean? Like See, if- once again, um, I, I disagree with you on one thing. If it was the NFLPA themselves yeah. actually putting it out, what you're telling me is this is the players that are giving the information to the NFLPA. To, yes. me, to me, if it were the NFLPA, their ranking coming out and their rank and file, whatever it may be, if if that was what was coming down, I I still don't think it would do anything to to impact or dissuade anybody from actually going to a team. Yeah, that's just me. I'm with you on that. Um, but what I'm saying is, like, if this were an article written by a bunch of reporters or something, or you know what I yes, mean, or right. honestly, no, even no. if it was just put out by the teams, because every every team would get an A in every yes. category. So yes. this is the closest you're going to get to the truth. Now I can't verify all this. Obviously, I'm not I'm not 1,300 NFL players, as it turns out. But uh, the grades for the Cardinals weren't great. Strength no. staff was great, A minus. Uh, travel was really good, B plus. Training staff, B plus. Everything else was an F or an F minus. That's not good. That is not. Once again, um, I said this before. I think that goes in the negative column right there. Luke. Yeah, five put of them it, do at least. Put it into the negative column um, because of the players. This is this is the way that it is in today's National Football League. Based on means of the players, they have an awful lot of power, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I'm for the player. Always have been, and I always will be but whether it's fair or not it doesn't matter because the players are the ones who put it together and the players listen to their union as well as as they should i was standing out with a union sign (laughs) all the way back in 1987 i was standing out there unfair wages what a joke that was can you make your own sign no i didn't okay they they gave us signs but you know um Outside of the image hit the organization takes on this, I I really don't think there's too much to it. I don't think it's going to sway anybody from actually signing as a free agent with the Arizona Cardinals unless there's a tie. Yeah, that's kind of where we we hit on this earlier. Like, If you're telling me that the Vikings, who have these amazing grades, they seem to have the highest grades across the board collectively. If you're telling me the Vikings are offering me $3 million and the Cardinals are offering me $6 million, I'm going to the Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, and look, it might be if, if both teams are offering me $3 million, I might want to rather live in Phoenix than yeah. Minnesota no, during right. December. But if somebody's like really kind of torn and going back and forth, not that they're going to sit here and go to the website and look, but just the word of mouth around the league. Yes. That's When I read this, I was like, if I ran a football team, how would I feel about this? And I'd probably look at it, and if, if my grade was any lower than a B, I'd be offended, and I'd be like, these guys don't know what they're talking about. But you just hit on it. Whether it's right or not, or exactly. fair or not, it's a perception among the players. Exactly right. Could, I say, could this influence where players are going during free agency? Yeah. There's there's no doubt. It could. Do I still think money is going to be the deciding factor? Yes, without a doubt. Money is going to be the deciding factor. You are a mercenary, and you play in a mercenary league. But um, I also thought it was interesting, and we talked earlier about this, but the the new culture that is coming in taking over the Cardinals organization, you have to wonder, how might this come into play with this? Because you would imagine, and I think you already said it, this is going to be a yearly report yeah. that comes out from the players in the NFLPA. Yeah, J.C. Treader, um, 
had a, a letter on the end of it that explained that they don't want this to be a one-year thing. They want this to kind of be annual, and they're going to just kind of, I guess, just um, – you know, just keep updating it, and so you may see progress from certain teams in, in the players' eyes. I mean, it's all through the players' eyes, so sure. people, however you feel about that, just know that's the perception. Uh, what was interesting to see this was this story sort of came up with the Sean Payton stuff. Now, I don't think this is why the Sean Payton's not coaching the Cardinals, but that there was that story out there, and that story was out there a few weeks ago, and it was when we were out there at Media Row, and we had A.Q. Shipley on. Right? Ship. And so uh, we talked to him about that. This is what he had to say. I've had the opportunity and the pleasure to be in six different buildings, basically. And I'm not saying they're the worst facilities. I just, yeah. I'm, all I'm strictly saying is that in order to attract the best, you should have the best. And, you know, I think some of that was brought to light this year when you watch Hard Knocks and you see media rooms, also the team meeting room. I think you see the weight room floor hasn't been replaced in years, right? And everybody wants to say, oh, yeah, the, state, the stadium's fantastic. He invested in a plane for the team. Fantastic. That has nothing to do with the inside of the facility. And I think whenever you can attract a guy like Sean Payton or players, for instance, coming from the Baltimore Ravens or a Tampa Bay Buccaneers where I was at, where they have phenomenal facilities and they put a ton of money back into those facilities, I think that cl- I think that plays into it. And that, that is strictly all I'm saying. Yeah, he, he went on in the interview and said it didn't really matter to him so much. He just, no, it, it did. Because it, I actually said that to him. Yeah. Because Ship is a guy that... Ship is a guy that doesn't strike me as he needs the stars aligned to go do his job. No, and I gotta, and, <laughs> I gotta be honest. No, he doesn't. He absolutely he's, doesn't. He's one of those guys. He's a dog, ladies and gentlemen. He's going to walk through whatever he needs to walk through. But it's just it's it is kind of funny to hear you know the weight room floor and, and you know what. First I of all, how is travel not an A plus? They just got I, a new plane. I know. Like, a brand what are we new doing plane here? And, you know, like, just listening to him. Hey, listen, if you go inside and they, everyone's got these these beautiful facilities like you know what they don't have a press conference in their media room <laughs> you know i mean oh boy what a nightmare yeah, what players gonna care about pl- that well but chip is right but do you think a player yeah, really cares where the press conferences I, are yeah i do i do today some i do some, some. exactly because i can tell you some this do. if i and if, you know this this gets under my skin. Well, before before you go off, because I feel like you're about to, um, I can tell you if I was playing in the NFL, my I just I just want the essentials. I just want it just don't <laughs> don't put me at a disadvantage to some other team. But I don't I don't care where the media is having press conferences. And and I have to think the only reason I'm saying that is because. I don't think that it's like 100% of the players in the league today Yo. care about this stuff. Yo. It might be a higher percentage than it was 10 or 15 years ago. It clearly is a higher percentage. But there's there's a difference here in some of this stuff of where's the media having a press conference to like, can I do my job? You yes, know? And, and there's exactly. a range. Even in these categories, I'll grant you there's a range too. But, I mean, I'll just ask you the setup question. What do you think if, uh, if they did this <laughs> back when you were playing? With this oh, my like? goodness. I just, you know, here, here's the thing about this right now. Back when I was playing Basinonians, you cared about two things. And, and I'm not just talking about me. I'm talking about my brothers as well. Two things. And a gross simplification of the truth. Understand that. I, I am speaking from that perspective. But you cared about playing football 
in between the white lines on Sunday, what your situation was on Sunday, how many reps you actually got on Sunday, whether you were a starter, whether you were a team captain, whether you were contributing, how much were you contributing, whether your job was secure on Sunday, and how much they were going to pay you to play on Sunday. That's what you cared about right there. That was it. You didn't need the stars aligned. You didn't need the best weight room in the National Football League. You didn't really care about it, ultimately. All you cared about is what is your situation when you walk in between the white lines, and can I split you right in the face? Can I do that? So many other guys um, that I played with back when I was playing from 85 to 95, so many guys looked to blame others for them not going out and doing well. It wasn't the facilities that they blamed. It was the coaching staff and the coaches that they blamed for going out and not splitting somebody down the middle. They'd blame everybody else but themselves. I don't think that really has changed. Now it's just given them a lot more to point to and say, this is why I'm not good. This is why I'm not producing. Are you kidding me? Look at our plane. We stay at the Marriott. We don't stay at the Ritz. They we stay have, at the Marriott. Marriott usually has good cookies, as has been my experience. You get my point, yeah, no, though, right? Yeah, but I now mean, I'm thinking about just, cookies. It's ridiculous. It drives me nuts. You know, how about this, man? How about you focus on the game and go out and split somebody? Blame somebody else. I think this just gives players a lot more excuses as to why they may not be able to do their job correctly. See, I was right. I knew you had something to say. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> text us your thoughts. The FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. The one thing the Suns were supposed to be giving up at the trade deadline was defense. Sure didn't look like that last night. We'll get into it next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. I want to be careful with how I proceed here, Wolf. Okay. Because I know we're treading on sacred ground, all right? You traded away Mikel Bridges. For my money, the best defensive player in the league. If you told me I had to draft somebody based purely on defense, Mikel Bridges is my guy. Yo, and one of the best team guys you could have yes. in that locker there's, room. There's no, there's no knock on Mikel Bridges. You're never going to hear it on this show, especially because we all want him back in three years. Um but the other, the Suns' defense, that was the thought, right? You're going to get Kevin Durant, man, that's huge. You're going to give up some defense, though, without Mikel Bridges. And, and on an individual basis, you are. But as a team, maybe you don't have to. You know what I mean? Maybe because of what Kevin Durant provides, it's not, hey, is Kevin Durant a better defender than Mikel Bridges? It's Kevin Durant is like a taller Mikel Bridges and so he can play a bunch of different positions, and that allows Monty to try different rotations. And maybe you don't have to give up much on defense. Maybe maybe that is, that's still on the table, and if that's the case, then this team is scarier than a lot of people believed it would be. You know, again, I know it's the Charlotte Hornets, and we continue to talk about this, Luke, but you do have to keep everything in context. I know it's the Charlotte Hornets, but... Just watching the Suns play defense, especially in the first half, watching them play, 
last night in the first half where you had Kevin Durant out there with Devin Booker, of course, and DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul. Chris Paul even had had a, a little life and a little hop in his step on the defensive end of the floor. And watching him go out and play with intensity. Now, a lot of that was because Josh Akogi was out on the floor with him. And his, his defensive intensity is laugh-out-loud funny. You know, you, you, you don't see a lot of NBA players play with desperation. Like, it's the last time they're going to be out of the floor. And when I watch Josh Akogi play, I think of the Final Four and some of the desperation you see from the college kids at the Final Four. It is off the charts. It's noticeable. And especially in the NBA where you got guys who are so extremely and supremely talented that they just depend on their talent. Go out there and that's going to be good enough. But to watch a guy who is athletic, who does have some gifts, who does have hops, to watch him go out there, especially on the defensive end of the floor, and play defense, <laughs> it's funny, man. You don't see a lot of that desperation at the NBA level. And Josh, I say it with great love and admiration and respect for you. Because that tells me an awful lot about you, Josh Akogi. Maybe, maybe we've been given the wrong answers of who benefits the most from. Maybe it's Josh Akogi because he gets to start on an NBA he Finals caliber play. team. <laughs> it does, but think about it. Charlotte shot thirty-six percent from the floor, thirty-six percent, twenty-seven percent from the arc. You know, again, they're twenty and forty-four as a team. Um, but you could see the Suns' intensity on the defensive end of the floor. It was plain as day. Chris Paul, too, just because I wanted to double check this while you were talking, so I didn't like. I wanted to have the exact numbers right. Seven times first team all defense in his career. Two times uh, second team. Like he's yes. and now the, the last time he was on the first team was 2017. So it's been a little while, but. Yeah, he brought it last night, too. It was he like, did. oh, yeah, I can you still do this it. if I need to. Yeah, yeah. I, I was so impressed with the defense of the Phoenix Suns. Here's uh, Monty Williams after the game. It's, it's one of the one part of his game that, you know, you have to be really, really good offensively, which he is, to not talk about his defense because he's pretty good. It just speaks to how good he is on offense, but most people don't talk about the defense. He's always had a tenacity about him on the ball, and I think that's something that, you know, got us going early when he was able to get those those two block shots just guarding the ball, and that, that's something that we pride ourselves on, being able to guard the ball so we don't have to help was your favorite moment? What was your favorite moment last night? Just uh, listening to Monty right there. Didn't you, I mean, the block into the three-pointer <laughs> just a couple minutes ding, into the ding, game. Ding, that, we that had have a winner, do we not? You are watching it based on the rings. You know exactly what happened. KD, early on in his first stint, his first six-minute stint, that's what they were limiting him to for the most part. There was a few exceptions. I think one time he went out there, it was seven minutes, right? Um, anyways, it really yeah, doesn't matter. Pushing it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. He went out there, and that first time he was out on the floor, the block 
at one end. And then down the down the court they go, and he gets the ball, and he hits the three at the other. That Bounce right pass there. Williams. He's blocked by Durant. It's taken by Thor. He put it off the rim no good, and Chris Paul gets the board. There's the first rejection from KD, and now he gets it open on the left side for three, and that is all net for Kevin Durant. Devin Booker set him up, and KD knocked it down. Keep Boy, in mind. That bite has it all, doesn't it? Keep in mind, they're in Charlotte, Basinonians. Did you hear the roar that went up when Katie hit the three? The block on one end, the, the Katie hits the three, and the crowd goes nuts. And did you see that Devin Booker turned away and started walking before the three even went in? <laughs> That's the thing, man. His, his shot is just so ridiculously good, pure. He's not, look, okay, set Steph Curry aside for a second, okay? Nobody nobody shoots like him, obviously. Yeah, totally. But, totally. <laughs> Kevin Durant, he hits these shots where it's like, it's not even nothing but net. He doesn't even hit the net. It just goes right through and doesn't touch anything. Yeah. And it's so... Smooth? I mean, the guy's, yes. The guy's been in the league for what, like 13 years? I still can't get used to seeing a seven-footer shoot like that. Yeah. How about the smooth reaper? No. Hmm. That no. sounds like somebody that like sells you Raper. shady cars. The Slim Reaper is just so good. It really is. It's like Slim Jim good. <laughs> Don't you love a Slim Jim every now and then? I mean, Come right now, up. if you put a Slim Jim in here, yeah. Oh, right. Pretty hungry. There's, man, I, there was one time, I forget how many I ate, but I want to say it was probably double digits. In one sitting? In, yeah. Because we used to get them free. Like, they'd, they'd have them there. Doesn't mean you have to eat all of them. <laughs> After a game, you'd be starving or something. And I just had this, man. Give me a Slim Jim. <laughs> okay, here's the and real like question. Ten of them. If, did you eat them one after another, or did you just grab a handful no, of ten? No, it was a handful. So yeah. you just bit into ten Stuff at the same time? Stuff it into your bag, and you go on. No, no but no. did you bite into no, all no, ten? One at a time. Oh. Come on, Luke. I mean, I'm not a savage. <laughs> You, I have a good authority that you are, in fact, a savage. Step into the Slim Jims. Wolf. Step into 10 what? Slim Jims. Did they have all the different types back then? Because like, I feel no. like you would have really no. liked the one that was infused with hot sauce. Because <laughs> there's one that's infused with hot sauce. Yeah, I know. You're right, but they didn't. They didn't have it back then. Sounds okay. like when you're grabbing 10 Slim Jims, too, you're not even looking at the flavor. Yeah. Could have been chocolate covered. You weren't going to be dissuaded. How did we get on this? Randy the Macho Man Savage loved his Slim Jim. Here, I'm going to play one clip here from Devin Step Booker. Step into a Slim Jim. Post game of, uh, of the victory last night. Uh, yeah, we, I mean, we picked it up a lot. Um, you know, Kev, you know, he can switch on to any five. Exactly. You know, so that's a that's a different look for us. And it's extra rim protection. So, you know, you have me, J.O., and C.P., you know, covering on the outside, forcing everybody in and, you know, having our link down in the paint with, with KD and D.A. So, you know, it started out well for us. We slipped up a little bit after that, but you know that's something that we need to stick to. KD and DA <laughs> and and JO and CP yeah. and it, thankfully Booker's just Book. Yeah, I just I could listen to Buck all day long, man. Just listen to cuts of that. I told you to play more cuts too with Devin Booker. You've been you've been negligent in that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to start playing them play. while you're talking. I'm just going to start firing off sounders. Slim Jim. Do you have anything else to say That's about what we need. cured we need meat? Slim Jim as a sponsor of the Wolf and Luke Boy, Show. It feels like they are right now. So we now. can just grab a handful of Slim Jim. Every time you walk back in here from the newsroom, just knock the door open and grab three more Slim Jims. Is it Slim Jims or Slim Jim? Like plural. No, step into a Slim Jim. Yeah, it's... 
It's not plural. Yeah, I'm going to play more audio. Just the way how he talks to us, good plays and stuff like that, big old defense. It's always communicating for real. He's really very vocal and just really competitive. That's what really stands out, just the competitiveness and willing to win. Especially each possession like that. We're starting to see a different side of like, you know, every possession really counts, even if it's regular season. So to summarize, <laughs> Kevin Durant. I, I bet you Da loves Slim Jims. Bet he loves him. Yeah, probably. I could see that. Yeah, totally. What are you going to be talking about in the next segment of the show? Uh, I don't know, but is there any other food you used to gym? like to eat? Yeah, and bring it down to the station. You've got ten minutes to do it. Uh, all right, when we come back. That was fun last night. Can we assume KD is going to play again tomorrow? We'll get you an update next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Final segment of the show here on this Thursday afternoon. Pretty fun game last night. Figure, okay, want to do this again, right? See Katie out there again. I didn't even think of the possibility that he wasn't going to play until that question was asked to Monty Williams last night. Yes. Very cool. Do you have something you want to play over there? Oh, I, want to, I want to read this injury oh, report. Okay. okay. This is courtesy of Dwayne Rankin. <laughs> Terrence Ross, still got that right toe soreness. Questionable for tomorrow. Questionable for tomorrow. Terrence Ross. I, again, I just need clarification. Right toe? You have yeah. 10 toes. Yeah, but you know, it's a lot better than lower body injury. <laughs> I guess that's true. Right? Yes. That's true. You're used to that. Yeah, Come on, I am. Uh, Landry Shamit back in Phoenix, reevaluated next week. Day to day. Kevin Durant. <laughs> Kevin Durant's on the injury report. Available. Available. All right. KD is available right now. And what does that say to you, Luke? What does that say to you? Well, it's a good sign that he played and didn't feel anything the next day. You know what I mean? Yes. But to me... I, I continue to expect about 17 to, I'll say 17 of these final 20 games. I already played in one of them, so 16 of these these next 19. Because I, I could see him sitting the last game or two of the regular season. I could see a lot of the Suns. Sure. Um, you know, one of those back-to-backs is Sacramento and Philly, although Sacramento's an important game in the Western Conference playoff race. I don't know if he's going to sit Golden State or Milwaukee. Maybe he doesn't sit at all. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's he, everything he has said is he feels fine. He's felt yeah. fine for a few weeks now. Right. Um, this is one of the reasons why I believe, yeah, let's just go ahead and get him in as many games as we possibly can. I am all for that right now with Kevin Durant. And I'm excited about this news that he's going to play tomorrow. He's going to play tomorrow night, right? He says he's available. That's what they say. He's available to play against the Bulls. And that tells me that he's also going to play on Sunday. That's, if, if that's the one happens, I really want to see. If nothing yeah. happens in Chicago, right, yeah. against the Bulls, if not, nothing happens in that game, he's going to play on Sunday. They're not going to sit him down against the Mavs, right? That's not going to happen. Uh, this is Kevin Durant after the game last night. He, uh... Yeah, yeah, I feel solid. Uh, like it's about conditioning and getting in game shape. And I think each each game I play, the more and more minutes I play, I'll get there. It's fine. If it's just conditioning, it's 
fine. And you knew that was going to be it. The cardio is always the issue right there. You can you can get on the treadmill. You can do all the cardio work you could possibly want. But playing in a game, it just taxes your body differently. It does. There is no simulator for that. You have to go out and you have to play. You have to get the minutes in. You have to get the reps in. You have to do it to get in shape. It had been almost two months before last night. I mean, you heard him after the game. He said, what? He's like, I've played in almost a thousand games. And I was a little bit nervous because it's been two months since he has played. Now, he has come back from injuries in the past, worse injuries than this. And Ben lights out. He talked about that, too. Oh, I've been hurt. <laughs> I've been hurt. Um... Yeah, I mean, just being comfortable with the game, being around the game for so long. Like you said, I had plenty of injuries before. So, uh, you know, I figured, you know, it was best for me throughout rehab. And as I'm ramping back up to get back into the game, I kind of understand what I need to do to be the best version of me. And then just go out there with a free and clear mind and just just play, not worry about, um, you know, in this case, my knee and, and try not to think about it. And, you know, the game just, uh, you know, told me what to do out there tonight. He looked like that. Yeah. When he plays, he looks like that's sort of his um, like sanctuary from everything yeah. else. Yes, it is. And he said as much. Um, you know, I would you love to hear him say, I don't even think about it. You know, I, I do not even think about yeah. the, the knee. I don't feel it at all. But people are going to keep asking him, though. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, there's exactly. no way to. Yeah, yeah. I know. He's kind of doomed that way. Can you imagine him on the same team as Ben Simmons? Like um, I mean, KD's always. I know he's yeah. missed games. He's had some bad injuries, but but he has always. This is not like a new thing. Seem like a guy that's like it's all about basketball. Basketball. Yeah. Can you imagine Devin Booker on a, on a team with Ben Simmons? Like just looking at him, like so. You don't want to play professionally. You just want to get paid to play professionally. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Can we hear more from KD? We can. I uh, played more minutes than he anticipated last night. Uh, yeah, when he when coach put me on that third, I felt like I was in a solid, oh, the start of uh, that fourth, I felt like I was in solid groove. I had made a couple shots and I felt good. And I didn't think I would play that much, to be honest. I thought I was going to be hovering around 19 or 20 a game, but you know, coach is a player. He's been there before, so he understands. And, you know, I, I needed a couple extra minutes to get some rhythm, and he, he gave me that, so I'm grateful for it. I mean, that's Monty, right? Monty, yeah. Monty will set a limit on minutes and then go over it by three yeah. or five. Or a lot more. Which is what I would do. I think it was eight right there. He said 19, well, right? That's 19. I don't 19, know if that 19. was what Monty said. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Uh, one more. Uh, they asked KD after the game, did he feel limited at all? First game in almost two months. I don't feel limited, but I feel like I could have explored a little bit more. You know, I shot a pull up three over Hayward. I probably should have drove that one and see where I can, you know, see what I can do from that. So it was just about trying some stuff. I didn't feel like I was limited in anything, though. That's great news right there. That's what I wanted to hear. I didn't feel like I was limited in anything. Yeah, that's where we want KD's knee to be, or anything for that matter. This is going to be fun. I, I totally approve of that answer. That's good. <laughs> then we'll go ahead and keep playing it. That one made the uh, the the wolf list of approved answers. Um, this is going to be fun. Last night was fun, but last night the stakes were low compared to what they're about to be, right? I mean, you start to look at these games going forward and you got a game against Dallas and you got a game, you got a couple games against Denver and you got Golden State and Milwaukee, um, specifically Dallas, Milwaukee, and Denver. Those are the ones I want to see what this team looks like now against those teams. Denver, just because they really haven't played them this mm-hmm. year. Dallas, because we all know the history there over the last 
10 months. Let's not forget prior to that, the history was the Suns won every single game against Dallas. But um, that one, and then obviously Milwaukee, because Milwaukee's the one team who defensively, and maybe Boston should be there too, but Milwaukee because they have Giannis in the mix too. It's like, okay, they, they could throw defensive looks at you that nobody else can. And the Suns now are going to be able to throw offensive looks at you that no other team can. Can't wait to see it. Here's uh, Monty Williams at the end of the game, why he put uh, KD back in in those final couple minutes. Yeah, just, you know, everything right now is about conditioning, but it's also about team conditioning, you know, down the stretch. Even in a game like that where you feel like you have a good chance to win the game, um, there's certain things that happen in those environments, whether it be a, a, a pick-and-roll coverage where we got to space the floor effectively or just getting the ball in bounds versus pressure down the stretch. And, you know, in those environments, it'll, it'll be Chris, Book, and Kevin down there um, handling the ball. And so I wanted to, you know, try to space the minutes out tonight where I could finish with them. And um, I just wanted him back out there with those guys just to see how he would look. Yeah, that is kind of cool right there from Monty Williams. And tape is going to be so important for this team going forward and watching tape together collectively. When we talk about this team coming together, a collection of talent as a team, tape is going to be critical. The minutes last night, if you're if you're trying to read into what this rotation is going to look like, I think, honestly, Monty Williams doesn't know yet. He doesn't need to know yet. It's March 2nd. Uh, but that's that really is it. you got 19 games left. You want to get KD where he's exploring, as he said, right? Where he's, I'm not going to take the three. I'm just going to go around him. He's got time. It doesn't take KD long. Uh, it's it's really going to come down to how this rotation looks in the playoffs. Because I, I do think that kind of burned the Suns last year, didn't it? And last yes. year they, they had their team. They didn't make any major changes, but it felt like their rotation in the playoffs against Dallas just wasn't quite right. And honestly, even against New Orleans, it, it felt like we need Chris Paul to bail us out a lot more than we needed him to bail us out during the, the regular season. So to me, that's pivotal the next six weeks. Not not in the sense of like, oh, are they going to have to go out and sign more players? They, got, they played, what, 11 players last night. And Terrence Ross wasn't available with that sore right toe. Yeah. So that's 12 guys they're looking at. I'm assuming Darius Baisley's never playing. Cause he's, <laughs> so 12 guys that they are looking at, you got to get that down to like 8 or 9. That's that's key. What you got for me? You, you thinking about else? Slim Jims over there? Is I, that no, I know. I'm not thinking about Slim Jims. All you said to me is, listen, we got a ton of sound. I've, right we here. got a ton got of more. sound. Okay. You want more? Yes. This is uh, Devin Booker on needing all five guys to play well, not just Kevin Durant. We need all five guys out there. I'm telling Josh the same thing. Like, teams are going to try to put the last defender on you. Like, you're going to be open, catch it, go, catch it, shoot, and let it fly. That make, that's the flow of our offense. Um, that makes everything go. So, you know, everybody needs to be aggressive. Everybody needs to continue to play their way. And, you know, catch one of those guys that you, know, you can plug them into any system, any offense. And, there it is. <laughs> Sounded like he was standing next to a jet engine for that one specific. Answer. It was just a little. Yeah, it was hard, kind of, to hear him right there. But that is the one thing about Kevin Durant that is so apparent right now. You can drop him into any scheme, any offensive scheme. He's going to absorb it at some point in time and regurgitate it. And I think we've seen this in the past. Wherever he's gone, 
he's produced. And even when he's missed a lot of time, uh, Brian Windhorst was talking about this just the other day, as a matter of fact, that his first two games back in Brooklyn when he missed all that time, 37 and 31. Yeah, no big I deal. I believe. So, yeah, you know, I think that's what Book's alluding to. It's, um, I, I have to believe KD's experience with Golden State stepping in on an even more established team than the Suns and being able to fit right in and win two finals MVPs are going to help them. And honestly, as annoying and just disgusting as that loss was to Dallas in the playoffs last year, I think the core Suns players that were here for that, that are still here, that's going to make sure they don't let up here at any point. All right, that's it for us today. Thanks to Aaron Maloney, Jesse Morrison, Behind the Glass for Wolf. I'm Luke. we got Burns and Gambo next right here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.